welcome to the May episode of A Garden Runs Through It, a podcast of the UC Master Gardener program of Calusa County. I'm Jerry, your host and Master Gardener coordinator of the Calusa County program. On today's episode, we are joined by Jeannie and Myra from the Calusa County Behavioral Health. Let's talk about gardening chores and upcoming events. May brings some gardening chores. What should we be doing in our garden this month? Well, you could still direct seed in the garden, cucumbers, melons, summer squash, beans, corn, and annual herbs. It's actually a really good time. You don't want to do them too early. You can plant sunflowers, zinnias, cosmos, marigolds, and asters in the flower garden. You want to fertilize summer blooming flowers early in the month. Apply organic mulch to the beds to keep the soil cool and enrich the soil. Be sure to leave space around the base of the plants. Thin your peaches, plums, and nectarines so there is six inches between the fruit. We want about a fist between each fruit. And if you don't do that, then you're going to get a lot of small fruit rather than big fruit. Um, Deadhead which is cutting off spent flowers to continue bloom on annuals and perennials. Trim the dead flowers, but not the leaves from spring bulbs. That's like your daffodils. The leaves restore the bulb, so wait to remove them until they turn yellow. Fertilize the bulbs after the bloom is finished with bone meal and continue that battle with snails and slugs. They are really bad this year. And that is because of all the yummy, yummy rain we got. So we have some upcoming uh, Master Gardener events in Clusa County. You can visit our demonstration garden in Williams at the Education Village. The summer garden has been planted. We have various varieties of peppers that we will harvest for the food distribution at the college. In June, we will be at the Clusa County Fair all four days in Hitcher Pear Hall, or better known as the Flower Building. Today, we are joined by Jeannie and Myra. So what is your topic today? May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Today, we are talking about how gardening impacts mental health. So what brought you into the mental health field? So I'm Myra. I am the MHSA or Mental Health Coordinator for Behavioral Health. And I got into the mental health field really early on. I've always kind of been involved in social services, behavioral health services in one way, shape or form. I have a twin sister with Down syndrome. My family was always involved in doing things around mental health, social services. um, And I've always enjoyed being around people, talking to people, getting to know people um, and helping. So hi, I'm Jeannie. And similar to Myra, I like helping people. I went to school and majored in psychology and got a master's in marriage and family therapy. So here I am working at Behavioral Health, and I originally came on to our um, children's team working with the youth population. And now I am a clinical program manager and help with some program implementations and other ways that we can help the community be aware of mental health. What impact has the COVID-19 pandemic had on mental health? So this pandemic has gone on for quite a few years, um, longer than I think we all expected. And over the course of that time, we've seen an increase in anxiety, an increase in depression, 
It was a new way of providing treatment and going to uh, telehealth was very different for our agency and also for our consumers. And so it was difficult trying to connect people when they felt isolated for so long. And so it brought about things like job loss, not being connected with friends, not having those same similar routines. Um, And it really did impact people's mental health overall. What can you do at home to help manage stress? Well, there are a variety of things and there are different types of coping skills we can utilize and have in our back pocket to help us kind of relieve any stress. And one of the coping skills or types of coping skills is diversion. So these are things that kind of distract you from your stress. You can write, draw, paint or photograph if you like being artistic in that way play an instrument sing dance or act take a shower or bath take a walk or drive watch television a movie or cat videos clean or organize your space play a game go shopping read or garden even And then there's social or interpersonal coping skills, which kind of help you in a more social aspect to kind of relieve that stress. You can talk to somebody you trust, set boundaries, saying no, write a note to someone you care about, use humor, spend time with friends and family, care for or play with a pet. And then we have more cognitive or like kind of using your brain a little bit more on how to relieve some stress. So Make a gratitude list. What are you grateful for? Brainstorm solutions. Keep an inspirational quote with you. Write a goal or a list of goals. Take a class. Act opposite of negative feelings. Write a list of pros and cons when you're making a decision. Reward or pamper yourself when successful. Accept a challenge with a positive attitude. And then we have some tension releasers. So sometimes, you know, people to manage stress, you feel it in your body and you get jittery and you kind of want to relieve that energy that you have. Exercise or playing a sport is wonderful. Engaging in catharsis. So just full on yelling or punching a punching bag or a pillow crying out loud or laughing out loud. Those are those are physical things that your body can do to relieve some stress. Physical things. So again, still moving your body, getting enough sleep is important, eating healthy foods, uh, get into a routine, eat a little chocolate, preferably dark chocolate. I've heard there's really good research out there on dark chocolate. Limit caffeine and practice deep, slow breathing. And then there's the spiritual coping skills. You can pray or meditate, enjoy nature, or get involved in a worthy cause. I read something the other day on mental health, and it said to not let your brain throw rocks at yourself. What are some signs and symptoms you'd like people to be aware of? Yes, this is important. So while Myra kind of talked about what you can do at home and almost preventative things um, to just maintain your mental health, when it's getting to be more than you can handle, there's some signs and symptoms that are commonly known and what we refer to in our DSM little handbook here about all the different mental health illnesses. And so 
mostly since we're talking about what's occurred over the pandemic, I wanted to focus more on depression and anxiety. Um, And so with depression, if you're feeling that sadness all day long, um, if you're not really interested in things you used to be interested in, if you're not finding pleasure in those hobbies and activities, those are definitely signs that you want to be aware of. And then also if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're sleeping too much, so kind of both ends of the spectrum there, and then same kind of both ends of the spectrum for weight as well. If you're losing a lot of weight or if you're gaining weight, if you're feeling a loss of energy, feeling worthlessness, hopelessness, having thoughts of suicide, those are all definite signs and symptoms where it would be appropriate um, to reach out for help. And then with anxiety, I've struggled with anxiety since I was little and I remember being at school and just having all these things come into my head. What if this happened? What if this happened? Where would I go? Who would I turn to? And I think that probably stemmed from having bomb threats in primary school. I remember being evacuated across the street and sitting and waiting until they cleared out the school. But those racing thoughts are things where it gets to the point where you can't control that, where it's taking over your life, where you're having trouble falling asleep because of those racing thoughts, just that persistent worry. Sometimes anxiety can also turn into somatic symptoms. So children, especially who might be having anxiety and talk about having an upset stomach or having a headache a lot, um, those could be anxious symptoms that, you know, that's how they're communicating how they're feeling um, because it's actually physically in their body. When should people seek out professional help? If you're experiencing those symptoms and they're to a level where they're happening daily and it's been happening for a while, you know, if it's been going on for two weeks now or a month now, definitely seek out professional help and you can call Clusa County Behavioral Health. Our phone number is 458-0520 and get connected to an intake assessment where we can figure out if what you're experiencing is a mental health disorder or also just looking at the back of your insurance card and calling that customer service number and they'll be able to link you to a provider in in your network to get those services. Are there free mental health supports in our community? That is a wonderful question and we sure do. We actually have two locations that are free to the community here in Calusa County. They are our drop-in centers. So first I'll talk about Safe Haven Wellness and Recovery Center. That is our adult drop-in center. We are open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we have a lot of stuff going on. So we have groups that run the gamut of topics. We have a a group on financial wellness. So somebody, one of our staff graciously um, teaches people who attend the group about how to help finance, like with their finances, how to budget and things like that. We have a tech 101. So learning about how to send an email even as basic as that or learning how to navigate Excel spreadsheet because that's a daunting task or learning how to use Word and all those programs. And then we also have other resources other than just groups. We have a food pantry. People can come and grab things that they need, a computer lab, a clothing closet, and we just enjoy the space. We get to just connect. 
if you're experiencing any of those like isolating feelings, it's a great place to kind of come and socialize and chat with others. So I highly recommend coming and checking us out. We are at 124 on East Webster Street. And then we have Bright Vista. So that is one of our newer drop-in centers. We That is for our youth. And Bright Vista is opened Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 3 to 6, and Wednesday 2 to 6 to accommodate that early release day, and Saturday 11 to 3, and we are located on 304 Fifth Street. And again, same concept, but for youth ages 12 to 17, we have some groups provided a cooking class. We have a full kitchen in there. You can come and hang out and learn how to make an amazing snack on a Saturday evening or Saturday. A lot of fun activities. So arts and crafts, gaming console. We have a foosball table and an air hockey table. And we play a lot of games. So a lot of card games, things like that. A really good time to hang out and connect again. And then we have one other free resource. It's called the 988 Suicide Crisis Lifeline, which is the designated three-digit code that will route callers to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that is active across the United States. You can call text or chat 988 and you will be connected to a trained counselor that is a part of the Lifeline Network. These trained counselors will listen, understand how problems are affecting you, provide support and connect you with resources if necessary. How can listeners improve their awareness of mental health? We can ask yourself a few questions. So one of those could be, what comes to mind when you hear the term mental health? What is, is there something that you do every day that makes you feel happy? Other ones can be, you know, can you focus more on the positives in your life, Um, changing your thoughts, reframing situations so you really are focusing on the good? And then also, are there areas of your life that you have control of that you can change that would bring you more peace and reduce your stress? So we look at this sometimes as internal versus external locus of control. And if you're really having that internal locus of control, you're aware of what in your life you can do to make those positive changes versus external locus of control. You're feeling like your environment is just happening to you. These things are happening to you. You have no control or way to change those things. And so research has found that when individuals move towards an internal locus of control and really focusing on the things that they can do brings about improved mental health and feeling of control in their life. So those are just some of the questions that you can ask yourself. How does gardening relate to mental health? So there's been a lot of research out there that shows gardening improves mental health and just has a positive impact on us overall. It makes sense just as humans. We've grown up in nature and we've gone from living with plants outside to bringing those outdoors in and having a lot of plants in our own home. 
And gardening is just a mindfulness practice. You can be out there, outside, in the moment, just existing, really using your senses and grounding yourself to what's around you. You know, feeling the soil or hearing the birds, feeling the breeze, smelling the different beautiful smells of the flowers and things around us. So it really does bring about a mindfulness skill and kind of like what Myra was talking about earlier, having some of those coping skills reduces the stress in our life. And then interesting enough, there's actually been a specific bacteria found in soil that has been shown to produce serotonin in our brains, which is our feel-good brain chemical, right? So when serotonin is released, we have those happy feelings. Being out in the garden and putting your hands in the dirt or your feet, maybe that's what you choose, really does help reduce our stress. It also will boost vitamin D, being out in the sunlight, which is helpful. Gardening can also improve focus and attention spans. And being out in the garden can also help with exercise because, of course, you're pulling weeds, moving around, stretching, and exercise is a healthy way for us to um, be with our bodies and to also release some of those feel-good chemicals in our brain. In Japan, they like to do forest bathing, which is basically just hiking in the forest because it really makes you feel good. And so that's kind of cool. Anything else you'd like our listeners to know? Yes. Just please reach out to your friends, family, community members if you see that they're having a hard time or struggling with their mental health. Again, it may look different for everybody, but I think we can all kind of gauge when somebody we know just isn't their normal self. So let them know of Calouse County Behavioral Health Services and how they can seek the support and treatment needed to feel better. For more information or insightful tips and gardening hints, visit the Master Gardeners of Calusa County on Facebook or visit our website, cecalusa.ucanr.edu. Also, visit our Facebook page for event information and videos. We do a lot of videos. Remember to sign up for our monthly gardening newsletter. A link will be in the notes of the show. Jeannie and Myra, thank you for joining me on another episode of our podcast. Thank you, Jerry, for having us. It was a lot of fun, and I had to overcome my own anxious feelings in order to be here today. But I think it was helpful information to share, and I hope everyone gets out in the garden soon. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. Thank you for having us. It was, a little, you know, again, like Jeannie, I was also feeling some anxiety. But again, like that coping skill turned that challenge into a positive. I had a lot of fun um, and Please get out there, enjoy, and do some hiking. I'm a personal avid lover of hiking. There is a lot of research on how gardening can lift your mood. So, you know, do an internet search. Thank you for listening to A Garden Runs Through It, a podcast of the UC Master Gardener Program of Calusa County. Until next time, keep your hands dirty.